Welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we're back to tell you more about our John Edward VIP psychic live event in Burbank at the Marriott Hotel near the airport on April 27th year of our Lord, 2022. That is as long as I can make this sentence, period. That was very iambic. Oh, good. Like a horse. That's all I'm aiming for in life, so I'm glad glad that's how that happened. Well, wow, you should get that as your website then. Mm-hmm. Oh, dot horse? If you want to be a horse, yeah. Iambic dot horse? Yeah, <laughs> everyone will get what it's about. Well, we told you last time, so hopefully you've heard the first part of this series. We were talking about John Edward, the famed psychic, really big in the early 2000s. Some people still know about him. I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that he's not a present entity for everyone. Yeah, yeah, but entities are present for him. Yeah, and he is not hovering around by you right now because he is not yet passed over. He is still with us in this realm. So he is a psychic medium who says that he can speak with spirits, ghosts, agents of the beyond. Yeah. Why do you have to use both of those words, Carrie? Why is he both a psychic and a medium? Oh, thank you for asking. Well, I do think mediums are probably a subtype of psychic generally, but I think of psychic as meaning you have some kind of either foresight or past sight. You have like some extra sensory ability and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then a medium specifically speaks to the dead and they speak back. I feel like if you talk to somebody who is a psychic, they'll have very definite thoughts about the terms Mm. that appropriately apply to them. So yeah, yeah. I, I think psychic medium is exactly the right way to refer to John Edward. In fact... We were just looking at a TikTok link of his, and we'll talk about his TikTok later, but he goes as Psychic Medium J-E. That's his handle on TikTok. Psychic Medium J. Okay. J. Yeah. John Edward. Hmm. And then, my goodness. Oh, well, here I just said we talk about TikTok later, but I'm, I'm looking at a search result right now and waiting for it to come into focus for Carrie. Okay. Oh, a lot of fake psychic mediums. Yeah. yeah, they've all huh. added little numbers. There's psychic medium Jeh twelve and Jeh underscore and Jeh seven. Who's bothering? Um, which just makes or is me- that not a real person? Yeah, and some of them have more videos than he does. Interesting. Yeah, it just it makes me feel like TikTok is some unregulated mess of a platform. Hmm. But hmm. that's just me wanting to not like. TikTok. I'll find every reason I can. That's fine. You cannot like TikTok. Thank you. So let's pick up where we left off because, well, where we left off is we took a total detour and we reviewed the movie Little Buddha, totally unrelated to John Edward. And I read mail sent to Disney Animation. So let's pick up where we left off with John Edward. Okay. He was right in the middle of giving his performance with everybody in the room. We're in a conference room again at the Burbank Marriott with roughly 300 
25, 350 people in a large gray box with bland but bright lights overhead. So picture yourself there in case you'd... God, yeah, not a romantic notion, is it? No, I think he purposely eschews the trappings of the traditional psychic. He wants us to feel modern and normalized and every day. Is it more like a... Like a sales pitch? Could you be at an Herbalife thing or? Oh, I mean, an Herbalife conference, I think, would fit perfectly in that conference room in terms of ambiance. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get the feeling like it it wasn't all a big sales pitch. Of course, you'd already paid to be here. They encourage you to join the website. And if you're a VIP attendee, you already get a year free on the website. Mm. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say to his credit, I wouldn't say this was like a big sales pitch event. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so the last thing I mentioned at this event was that there had been people chosen to stand up and ask questions, and then mm-hmm. those might lead into the readings. And the woman behind me had been the most recent person to ask a question, and I had fed her one that she perfectly repeated. And on reflection, I noticed he didn't do a reading for her. And I wondered, this is supposition, but I wondered if because her question, which was about how long he had gone without making a connection to the spirit side, I wonder if it was the sort of question that he used to determine, you know, I don't want to do a reading of you. You're maybe not like it's a really tough question that put him on the spot, but it wasn't that sort of fawning or easy question of like, how did you get your ability? Totally. I just thought it was like an analytical quality to it that he didn't expect yeah that's the way of saying it it's interesting i think she's the only person that he didn't kind of follow up with and do some sort of reading oh wow okay he said he liked the question but also he didn't say oh and who is that next to you i'm sensing a male presence right right so maybe reading too much into it but uh, do you remember any of the other questions oh yeah i've got them Oh, okay. Oh, good. Sorry. Okay. I was just, I want to hear how they kind of stack up to yours, like what he's used to hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the very first question that got everything going over on the uh, opposite end, I was sort of from the audience side, I was slightly to the left. So over on the right, we had the young man who asked, how did you know that you had this gift? So that was Mm. the softballest of softballs. Yeah, totally. Um, You psychic, you tell me how now. (laughs) yes um okay so i think the woman behind me i think that was the second question and so then he goes to the next question okay who who else has a question and she's already standing up she already has a microphone because they've called out the names of who get to ask these questions and so after she was called on she's getting ready to ask her question but he starts the reading before she can say anything and Mm. he says are there babies around you Whoa! Yeah. And so, I mean, that could be read many different ways, but we're talking with a psychic medium. So is he asking about dead babies? And so she said, there's one that didn't make it, but there's another one that's on its way. Oh, no. And I don't recall if she looked visibly pregnant or anything like that. That may have been a clue for him. I'm Uh not sure. And so she provides him that piece of information. And he says, they know each other, meaning the two babies know each other. Oh, my God. And yeah, I mean, what a strong picture to paint and thing to say. 
And the whole audience yeah. immediately let out this audible, oh, like, you know, that's so yep. sweet. Wow, your baby who didn't make it is friends with the baby on its way. You know, for me, that was sort of a grab my head moment. Like, oh, John, why, yeah. would you, why would you do that? Okay. So that's all he did with that information. And then he said, the 26th has a meaning for you. Okay. Yeah. And she didn't respond to that. And he- Yeah, he, she's like, that's a statement. He moved on. I think that's huh. a really interesting ploy, which I think I noticed him use a few times is just to mention a certain number or day of the month or something and say that has meaning. And then someone can lay claim to that. And it seems like a really good hit. Right. And then if there's nothing, then the it's sort of phrased in such a way that you can be like, I wasn't expecting you to know that. I'm- <laughs> telling you that for the first time the 26 mm-hmm. has meaning for you so you right. kind of you win either way exactly yeah i think you've you've caught on to how you can use these sort of <laughs> statements to either get a really good hit right off the bat or to have the ball fly back around a second time and get a good hit off of it the second time uh yeah so yeah i think he could have spun it that way but as far as i remember he didn't even follow up on that he just went right into the next question which is is your dad passed Again, yes or no question. She said yes. And so he said, Gordy, Gordo, Gordon. Mm. And her reaction was like Carrie's face right now. And she said, "Uh, (laughs) no. And he said, okay, that's weird because that name's coming really loud. Is there someone in the section who recognizes Gordy, Gordo, Gordon? And so somebody else roughly nearby said, oh, I have a cousin named Gordy. So... (laughs) Okay, let's go talk to that person. Okay. Forget the woman whose former and current baby know each other. Oh, right. Uh, who has the microphone is ready to ask a question. Oh, my so God. I'd talking... be like, I'll name the new one Gordy. Come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, come back to me. So he asks if somebody has an illness. Is, is there someone with an illness? She says, Oh, yes. my God. Talk about, like, <laughs> applicable to anybody. Yeah, no kidding. Do you know someone in your life with an illness, Gary? I do. I do. I know people and animals with illnesses. Yeah. And I do as well. So, yeah. Chronic, acute, new, old. So if there's if there's someone in your life without an illness, please write us in. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I would. I want to hear from you. Info at yeah. Oh No Podcast. If you really stretch your mind and you can't think of anybody current or in the past who has had an illness please let us know what a what an interesting life you lead because you must be buddha as portrayed by keanu reeves in little buddha (laughs) for that to make sense right where you've had a sheltered life where people have specifically tried to keep you from seeing anybody who is aged or infirmed or ill yeah is that the real story is i mean I, i know we won't know the real story of buddha historically but like is that the dogma story that's the idea that he did live a very sheltered life and finally he got exposed to the outside and realized oh my goodness i really need to just go out and interact with people and then meditate figure out the nature of everything fun fact one of my very first animation projects that i worked on was a film called walking with buddha Oh, cool. That told the story of Buddha. But I didn't know the the wrinkle that's new for me is Buddha like didn't even know death was real. He didn't know about death because oh. he was so sheltered. Yeah. He goes outside and is like, What? Death? 
I, I was like, I call bullshit on this. I, I really? I'll say I'm okay. 90% sure that's part of the story. Buddhism offers a lot. It's got a lot of strong points. But on this, I'm going to say, nope, sorry. <laughs> that well, doesn't sound right. You know, it's just part of the exposition. You got to set up that yeah. exciting incident. Sure, sure. Okay, go on. All right. So we've established that, yes, this new person who has a cousin named Gordy knows somebody with an illness. Or has okay. at some point in her life. <laughs> so I, I don't remember the transition here, but John Edward starts telling a story about a meeting with a grief counselor, I think just socially, and the entities from her most recent clients came through to John Edward. So he met this woman. He was picking up on entities attached to her clients. Oh, okay. So that was him, again, giving a little bit of theological information, but uh, also saying how much other people's energies affect us. Also makes his hit spread a lot easier, too, if every person is 50 people. Right, and he was warning earlier about psychometry, like if you hand an object that belonged to a dead person to a psychic, they may pick up on these other energies and give you what seems like a wrong reading, but they're reading the energy of that other person. So now we know a little more about the other side. So he then asks, okay, so who's Helen? Ellen? And the woman says... And Ellen comes dancing up. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) Um, No, she had a great aunt named Helen. I think as soon as you're mentioning great aunts, we're too far. Yeah, I just, I thought the same thing. I was like, no, cut off. No, absolutely not. If you know that you have someone by that name, I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah. I would draw. It's hard to know where to draw that line. And yeah, it could depend on the family relationship. But as soon as the cousin is once removed or we're talking about our grandpa's sister, you know, we might be a little too far afield for at least me to be impressed. But does he play up with this at all? No, I think he also senses great aunt. Let's drop that one. So he just asks a new question. Again, he does all this within seconds. This is moving so fast. Mm. Did you plan on moving? Again, another question Hmm. that I think... Applies to most people. Did you think oh, about yeah. moving? Have I and, ever thought about Yeah, and he moving. doesn't define a particular time period, so you could make that applicable to you 10 years ago or right now. And she says no. <laughs> like, Mah, Whoa! Haven't planned on moving. He said, okay, well, they're showing me boxes, which usually means a move either to a new home or at work, like maybe a new position within work. Okay. And that doesn't really get a reaction from her. Uh, But she says... (laughs) She's like, I am completely satisfied. (laughs) But she does say like, well, my parents just moved. So she's thinking about that. And she said, but but there aren't any boxes. Like they already unpacked and everything. So sorry. Like she apologizes to John Edward. Uh, So he, you know, undaunted, he moves on. He says, did your mom tell you that she has had a blood work issue? And so the woman says yes to that. So that's a hit. Okay. And John Edward owns this information immediately. Said, okay, good. Just wanted to make sure you knew about it. Mm. And then he mentioned specifically triglycerides. Watching a little bit of John Edward's TikTok, he told a story about being a phlebotomist. (laughs) So whenever he tells stories about being in a hospital, of which he seems to have many, those seem to come from a time which he worked as a phlebotomist in the 90s. Oh. You know, that's maybe what brought this question to mind, that he's asking about your mom having blood work. He mentions triglycerides, and the woman says, oh, well, not her, but I've had issues with my triglycerides. Mm. 
Yeah, nope, you got it. Yeah, John Edwards not interested in that. He says that's not it. So he just moves right on. So Whoa, okay, wow, I'm sen- okay. I'm sensing a J name, James, Jeff. Who's that? And this is to the whole room. No, just still to that woman. He's still talking oh, okay, to okay, her, okay, who's good. Not the woman with the initial question, but she's got the cousin named right. Gordy. And okay. so she says, <laughs> "Why are you bringing up my uncle James?" And so John uh. Edward, this is one of his like bugaboos like you can really get on john edwards nerves by questioning a relative that's popped up and okay so he's got a quick repartee for that he says you know he can hear you right you're like uncle james is probably offended that you know that you're like why are you bringing him up hell yeah cute so he'll berate people about this and and especially one person who comes later about dismissing whoever it is who shows up um is it another little zinger like that Oh, he goes into like his whole spiel about why you do not question whoever shows up. Earlier, he did warn us about the shopping list. So he tried to like make sure this didn't happen in advance saying, yeah, you've got your shopping list of who you want to talk to. Someone else may come in, though, and start like a path to you. So be open to it. But this will come up again. So he kind of dropped her like a rock and he went back to the woman who had the microphone and said, oh, I'm so sorry. What was your question? We never got to your question. And so... She wanted to know whether he tells other people that they have psychic abilities. Oh, that's an interesting phrasing. Yeah. And that may not have been exactly the wording she used, but yeah. Do you tell other people they are psychic? I think was how she said it. And he said, uh, yeah, yeah, fairly often. And sometimes they're into it. Sometimes they're not willing to put in the work. But, you know, he passes along that feeling if he gets it about somebody else. Yeah, I do think that's interesting because I could see a psychic being very close to the chest and feeling like an ownership of their abilities and not wanting to tell other people they're psychic. Mm -hmm. And also the phrasing suggests to me that like she wants to know, she wants him to say, you're you're psychic, Mary. Yeah, maybe. Um, But also that, I don't know, I'm kind of inventing this whole story in my head where she wants that, but she's watched him for a long time and she doesn't see him make that kind of statement. Oh. So now she's formulated this sort of, what feels just sort of like a second tier question, which is like, do you ever even tell people that? Oh, yeah, maybe. Good point. So at least he says he does. He doesn't have specific examples or anything, but he does mention that during the pandemic, he started watching TikTok and that his kids told him, no, dad, you're too old. Don't go anywhere near TikTok. It's not for you. <laughs> but Ross hates TikTok. Yeah, that's our takeaway. Yeah, that's fair. Sure. <laughs> um, so he started watching TikTok for a while, he said, and he was kind of getting into it. And it didn't occur to him, wait, there's a whole like psychic section on TikTok. Other people use it for mediumship. So he, oh. he created his own profile there and started giving advice to young psychics and again he kind of values this role as an elder statesman so i think he sees his role on tiktok as like oh i can share information with the upcoming generation of psychics Mm, okay the small mediums right and maybe direct some business my way of course Mm -hmm. so next we have a man with a question and he says when you're connected to the other side when you're connected to the other side does it ever change to someone else Wow, another interesting question. Yeah, well, especially because I feel like we've already witnessed that happen multiple times in the same room. 
But John Edwards says, oh, a thousand percent yes. And he has an analogy to large families, like he was raised in a large family, he says. And when it's dinner time, you all have to like elbow in and race to get the food at the table or you might miss out. And he says it's like that with the other side. So he'll start talking to people and everybody else, the other spirits might start trying to elbow their way in. And, you know, suddenly mm. I'm, I'm talking to your dad instead of your great aunt, whatever her name was. Right. You know what? Come to think of it, he didn't start reading that guy. So whatever oh. my theory was about the nature of the question, he didn't start reading that guy either. So, okay. Huh. The woman behind me wasn't the only one. That seems like a perfectly amenable question. So, yeah, I guess he just doesn't read everybody who asks a question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So next... Okay, so next there was a woman called upon, and she started telling a story, which is exactly what John Edward doesn't really want people to do. But, you know, make sure, <laughs> make sure your story is in the form of a question. I think she eventually got around to it. She was saying that she had gotten a message from the other side, and it was something, I think, like something that didn't make sense to her, but she was kind of compelled to leave it for someone else. Mm. And so she delivered a message to someone and the message was just the phrase, she was gone. And so she delivered that and then felt like, okay, I did my job. I delivered the message. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure there was a longer form of that. But when John Edwards started responding to it, he didn't chastise her at all or didn't say like, no, you're not a conduit. He said just that, yeah, you definitely need to relax, be open and follow those urgings as you get them. Just remember, it's not about you. It's about that message and passing it along. And this was interesting. So he had a little statement about our times. He said, we're living in a time where the veil is thinner and the vibrations are much higher. Mm. Hey. Okay. So the- 5D? 5D, 5G, who knows? Any of the fives. We've got a, yeah, higher connection to the spiritual realm. Huh. Age of Aquarius, huh? That's right. It's finally here. (laughs) I've been waiting this whole show. (laughs) It feels like these questions could be phrased by people who wanted to ask questions about their own lives and then had to shove it into the format of like a question about his process. I'm sure. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would think everybody who got selected immediately started thinking, oh, shoot, what am I going to ask him? What could I ask a psychic about how they do their psychic thing? I was going to tell him about how when I hear voices they change midstream and ask him if that's okay but okay i'm not allowed to ask that so i'll ask him about when he hears voices i think if anybody would come into the room with questions like that it would be me and i didn't have a bunch of pre-selected questions myself yeah yeah i'm sure there was a lot of scrambling but talking to this woman who had delivered the message he was also giving her the advice that she didn't always need to pass along the information especially if she wasn't specifically asked to So he said, I'm always a medium, but I'm not always giving readings. So, for example, I once did that at a blockbuster, and he has to turn to, for all you young kids out Mm. here, that's a place where you used to go to rent movies. I know, insane. (laughs) But I gave a reading to the person I saw at the cashier's desk because I suddenly had a psychic insight about them, and they were totally weirded out. And he didn't give the specifics of that, but he said... He made an analogy to like being a dentist and maybe you see somebody at the store and you notice that they have an abscess in their mouth and you just like reach your fingers into their mouth. You don't do that. That's not appropriate. 
in the same way you shouldn't ambush people if you have psychic insights about mm. them and give them to the person unbidden, which for me sounded like a little shot across the bow to Teresa Caputo, because that's like her whole shtick is that she oh, ambushes right. people with psychic readings. Yeah, 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 you're right. That's true. And yeah, I could see an argument for both sides. If mm-hmm. uh, you've got some urgent thing to say, who are you to like stand in the way of like a literal ghost getting yeah. through yeah. because you're too nice, yeah. but it would have to be a really important thing. I mean, in the end, right. I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to make it so I'm not ambushed by his followers. And thank you. Yeah, I think he adds that little deciding factor there. Do they ask for you to convey that message? And so he shot into another story saying that one time he was working with a client doing a private reading and the spirit that was present told the woman to call her mom. The mom picked up the phone and wanted to know why this had happened, like why the daughter was calling. And so she handed the phone over to John Edward and the woman chewed him out, said like, what do you think you're doing? Essentially called him rude and awful and a terrible person. Okay. Now, keep in mind, this is John Edward telling the story. But he says that weeks later, he had been feeling all guilty about this. But then he finds out that the mom at that very moment had been reading a book in, <laughs> it which, was 9/11. in which a psychic was telling someone to contact a loved one. And she thought to herself, I wish a psychic would tell my daughter to call me. And that's when the call came. Oh, well, so, then why was she mad? That's a very good question, which I immediately wondered. Like, okay, well, then why is she chewing out John Edward? She got her Yeah, how does this story help answer our questions? I'm guessing the way that he would spin this is that she was just so shocked by this that her reaction Mm. was to Mm. attack the psychic. But later on, he was able to get this amazing validation for, you know, why he was right to listen to the spirit. Okay. Oh, the the little boy who kicks the magician. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) He's so overwhelmed at the birthday party. You're the devil and starts kicking them. This is all John Edwards' particular flavor of humor as well. Like he loves to Mm. spin a story and then twisted on you like aha but something else was happening that you weren't even aware of oh fun so i'm guessing this story did not happen in the way it was presented (laughs) just a guess on my part (laughs) uh but boy was the audience impressed with this wow that's so cool so then he asked that woman who had the message and, and told him this little story did you have a breast cancer scare and she said no but there was another issue he didn't want to know that information. Again, he kind of he kind of wants to control the flow of information here. And he says, okay, well, you have to stay on top of that. So it was just a sort of subtle. Oh, no. Yeah, d- definitely be concerned that you might have breast cancer and get tested for that. Because me, psychic John Edward, wanted to make sure that my reading didn't fall flat. Right. Yeah, I'm going to save my miss by making you more worried about your health. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's how and- I Yeah, and she volunteered that there were other issues, which, you know, sounds like there was something else that she mentally compared to breast cancer that she's already got her mind on. Yeah, and now she's got to have this little nagging worry like, uh uh-oh, maybe the screenings didn't catch that. Yep. And then, you know, the chances of her ever following up on this are slim to none, but... Let's say she did have breast cancer at some point in the future and she told him that, then that would just be validation. You win if you win and you win if you don't win. 
So he asks if someone has a brain tumor in her life, and they say no, so that's a miss. And he says, okay, someone else in this area, and someone else farther back stands up and says that they had someone in their lives with a brain tumor. Mm. And John Edward said, okay, because I see a blue rose, which usually means a recent passing. Oh, yeah, and that was because that person had offered that someone died of a brain tumor a year and a half ago. So Okay, so he sees the blue rose on top of the brain cancer hit. Okay. Yeah, and he kind of owns that information. Ah, yes, I because I thought it was a recent passing because I saw the blue rose. And he, again, gives us the Got insight it. into his mental process after it's already occurred or been verified. Mm-hmm. So he assures this person that the recently passed relative on the other side is telling me that there's nothing that you could have done to make the situation better. And Mm. I like the way he handles some of those messages about recent deaths better than Teresa Caputo, because when we Mm. saw her, she very often would tell us that someone who had died by suicide did not intend to kill themselves, which, you know, we thought just a real violation, like for her to make that statement. And he never did that. He would usually say something to the effect of, just know that there's nothing that you could have done, which okay. I think is a much better go-to line. Uh, yeah, I think it's better, but there's healthy regret, <laughs> you know, yeah. like he doesn't know that right. there's nothing they could have done. And I mean, I don't For mean sure. that we should sit and wallow in our regrets, but like, I don't want to take away someone's healthy amount of like, yeah, next time I'm going to do something different either. Yeah, I think the bottom line is a third party who doesn't know any of these people or the situation should not be inserting themselves with their quote-unquote insights. Yeah, you don't know which aphorisms fit. (laughs) Exactly. I think he just has a better go-to aphorism in situations (laughs) like that. than Lower risk. Yeah, Yeah, lower risk, indeed. So, okay, so he's then asking, oh, who has the dachshund dog? You know, like a hot dog dog. And so Hmm. he's searching the audience in that area. Someone does. That gets a bit of laughter, but nobody's offering. And he says, oh. you know, like, you know, a dog with a a, <laughs> a low belly dog that's like close to the ground. John Edward, if someone here has a dachshund, they definitely know the word dachshund. <laughs> yep. But now he's trying to expand a little bit. You know, maybe he's getting a mental image and mm. he's maybe that was the wrong specificity. And now he, you know, it could be a different dog that's Got low to the it. ground. But even with the widened net, he's still getting nothing. Nobody's reacting to that. And he says, cha-cha, (laughs) chi-chi. So someone in that area says, oh, well, there was an SNL sketch that was about. It was like, (laughs) it was a similar. It was a similar name, like Cha-Cha or Chi-Chi or something. Like, oh, yeah, my brother and I used to love watching that together. And he said, "Oh, uh, okay. no, that's not it. <laughs> okay, good. And he said, Cha-Cha or Choo-Choo. And again, nobody buying it. So he just It's a train. On. Is it a train? <laughs> yeah. I Choo-Choo-Choo's you. A train is coming through to me. So one woman does respond to that and said, well, my father really liked Chi-Chi's pizza. Oh, my God. And, Guys, and give it up. We went there right before he passed. Oh, my goodness. This, Aww, this, this okay. is not uncommon. It was just a certain type of person. And I would say we saw like four or five of them that night who you could tell they were just working so hard to like help make the connection. Oh, anything. Right. Just stay with me, please. Let's read me. 
I want the attention, please. I want to yep. make the connection. So definitely felt like that level of desperation. Like, Chi-Chi's Pizza, I swear we went there right before he died. And he really loved that pizza. That was great pizza. Which, yeah, because if this is the only way that you can get through, and if you can make it fit, maybe you don't want to be the dummy who misses it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, if you don't keep them in the moment... Maybe you lose them and then you kick yourself later like, oh, the, the cha-cha, of course, the, his favorite exactly, dance, yeah. the cha-cha. Right, right, <laughs> right. I don't remember if it was with that same woman, but John Edward was asking someone in that area about August. Why am I getting August? And the person said, oh, that's his dad's birthday, pointing to someone nearby. And okay. then John Edward said, well, can you let him know that his dad wished him a happy birthday? And that gets a aww from the audience. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. But we didn't get any confirmation that the birthday was recent? Nope. It's just, you know, the woman seemed happy and the audience definitely seemed happy. So here's another- like, it was Christmas, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take the happy birthday. You know, it can be belated coming from the other side. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sometime within the last 365 days. (laughs) Okay, so this is another thing that John Edward will do. Sometimes he'll get like a very sensitive or personal message and he'll ask, how personal may I be? And so in this case, there was a woman he was talking to who said, yeah, go ahead. And he said, I'm sensing like a miscarriage or a terminated pregnancy. Oh, wow. And the woman said yes to that. So he gauges whether he can be personal with you, but doesn't really tell you what it's going to be about. Yeah, yeah, and then goes pretty intense, okay? And so he says, so there's a Robert or an R name connected to you, living or past. I I don't think that got a reaction. I think she was just kind of waiting for more info. So he said, did he come to you in a dream? Again, it was sort of like, um, not like a yes, but more of a maybe, which is a weird reaction to that. And that got a laugh from the audience. So every now and then uh, the audience will laugh at a, a miss. So John Edward said, okay, well, dreams can fade, but a vision is more fresh and sharp. And I don't usually bring Mm. this up, but did he have like a tattoo or a scar? And she said- You don't usually bring that up? I don't know. that. That's what he said. You're willing to talk about miscarriages, but not tattoos. Tattoos or scars. Yeah. Which is, again, very broad. Most people can connect with a tattoo or a scar. Yeah. Uh, And so she said, well, he had a scar. She mentioned that his name was Ron. So uh, John Edward got really excited, like, aha, so he's the R. That's Ron. Yes. And then he asked, were you his second wife? And she said, (laughs) no. And he said, are you sure? And that got Oh, a, fuck you, dude. Yeah, yeah. So that <laughs> got a big laugh from Oh, the oh, he's kidding. He's kidding. Okay, okay. Well, he, oh, still, no. there's the implied, like, you may not know that he was married before. So Oh, no. I I'm sorry the, for saying fuck you to John Edward. That was uh, rude of me. But that's ridiculous. No, I think it applies in this case. <laughs> um, because he's, yeah, he's like making it like, oh, maybe you just don't know that he had a secret first wife. Yeah, you're encouraging someone's paranoia. Uh-huh. I mean, oh, that's so that's uh, so damaging to a person in like a, a potentially long term way. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. If you take him seriously, now you've opened up this question in your mind of like, oh, does he have this secret life I never knew about? Oh my gosh, it's so ground shifting. I mean, I had to go through a version of that once. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, up is down, right is left. You're like, okay, I can't trust my senses. So which parts are real i mean oh my god it's a horrible thing to do to someone yeah yeah no i'm with you 
uh, well stated. Yeah. So he says, okay, well, the reason I say that is because I see interlocking wedding bands, and that usually means a second marriage, or there's a mm-hmm. renewal of vows. So, Oh, okay, that's really different, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Why even show you a symbol at that point? So she offers... Well, I have his wedding ring right here. And he says, no, no, that's (gasps) not it. He really doesn't take some of these olive branches. No, he really doesn't. Yeah. So at least, I mean, almost to his credit, he will disregard certain things that aren't the match he's looking for. Yeah. Uh, But then she offers another olive branch and said, well, he wanted to renew our wedding vows before he died. Uh... So we didn't, but he wanted to. So John Edward says, and did you say... And this is a very specific phrase, John Edward says. Yes, but there needs to be a change of rules or terms. Like, I want to renegotiate this if we're going to oh. renew. Or, you know, okay. I want some assurances. And so she doesn't connect with this at all. She's like, no. <laughs> I don't think so. So John's insisting, like, but, like, he had to, like, talk you into this and then you agreed. And, again, that doesn't really resonate with her. And so she he shifts has twice out of that. tried to make this work for you. Yeah, right? Uh, so yeah. he just he leaves that entirely. And he says, did he have a drug problem? And she says to that, absolutely. So okay. we got our hit. And, and this was one of John Edwards' I think better hits of the night. He said, and is there another Ron, a Ronnie? And she said, yes, that's my son. Mm-hmm. And so I leaned over to my friend sitting to my left and I said, oh, so two Rons do make a right. (laughs) Very proud of myself. (laughs) Did she like it? Yeah. Yeah. She approved. Good. That's all I need in life. That was my validation for the (laughs) evening. Glad she was there for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then John said, I see a priest caller. Was he a member of the cloth? And doesn't get any reaction someone close to him did he have a close friend who was a member of the cloth again no recognition so this is an interesting meaning like a member of the clergy yeah huh okay. yeah you'd think that would be a fairly easy hit for most people that they would know someone who's a member oh of the clergy. see i wouldn't i wouldn't think oh, really? so okay yeah so then he says who's the atheist no reaction to that someone <laughs> in a wheelchair what stephen Hawking. And the, the woman says, no, that's not us. Huh. And then John says, well, you're very quick to dismiss your family. What? As in like, oh, well, you don't know your family well enough. There's either an atheist or someone in yeah. a wheelchair here and you're dismissing them. Man, he will not let it go. Okay. And was that the end of their interaction? So the woman gave back as good as she got. And she said, well, I'm trying to learn to establish boundaries. Because that was a point that John (laughs) Edward had made recently. So that got a good laughter from the audience. So he insisted, well, who's in a wheelchair or disabled? So again, he opens that one up. Much larger category, about 20% of Americans. Okay. So she says, that would be my grandmother. She had a stroke. Okay. Okay, but not an atheist, not a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) This also all started with like, did you have a terminated pregnancy? Uh Uh-huh. Like, so whoever we're trying to get to, whatever spirit we get to, that was their entree. They were like, 
knock, 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 John Edward, find my niece who had the abortion. Well, really, the entree for this one. That's how you'll identify her. (laughs) Really, the entree for this one was an entree from Chi-Chi's Pizza. That's what got us started, pizza delivery. (laughs) Save these for your new friend next to you at the theater. (laughs) (laughs) So now that we've got grandma there, John says, yeah, she's coming in as the dominant energy. And the woman Mm. says, oh, I'm not surprised. That gets a good laugh from the audience. Mm. Oh, yeah, that sassy grandma. Was that on your mother's side? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) which one had the business? That would be my father. Okay, I stand corrected. Classic. Uh Uh-huh. So when you drive around, do you see your family's name on a building or do you see a family name on a building? And she said, no. (laughs) And John Edward said, no, I think you do. And so the woman says, okay, well, there is the Weiss Center. And he says, is that your father's name? And she says, yes. And he says, huh. It's kind of like exasperated, like, oh, wow. Okay. You drive around and you see the Weiss Center. That's your father's name. And so the woman apologized. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we're first timers here. You know, we're still learning the ropes. So that was another really big hit for John that evening. You know, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, all right. She drives around and her father's name is on a building somewhere nearby. So it sounds like that was also her last name, Weiss. I would imagine so, unless uh, she's taken a different name. But it's not established whether that was his business per se. It could. Just, oh, yeah, I assume not. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's more likely like, okay, well, there is a place nearby that happens to have our name, but it's not the name of the business that my father owned. Anyways, he turned that into a good hit for himself. So then he asks, who had the throat issue? Oh, that was my father. Uh, No, I feel like it's someone else closer. (laughs) And so like, I'm seeing like, he moves around, he picks a different woman now who can answer his question better. So he gets into another one of these little pickle games where he's trying to pick between multiple people who might have the connection to the person with the throat issue. Mm-hmm. And he says that he's seeing different floors on a hospital. Like you're at the hospital and you're visiting family and you've got two members of your family on two separate floors. Okay. So I, he narrows in on one woman. She says, yeah, but it's, yeah, I guess I kind of had that situation, but it's not like it was someone really close to me. It was my aunt mm. and my uncle. They were both in the hospital at the same time. Mm, okay. So this is where John goes on his big rant like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry if they weren't close enough for you that this wasn't a hit for you right away. Actually, Uh, no, she's making excuses for you. Right, to make it a closer hit for you. Yeah, yeah, she's doing you a favor. He didn't get the timing that he wanted. So he said, remember, you know, you're not always going to get the people you want. Okay, maybe you weren't that close with your uncle, but he may be the one who leads in, sets up the connection, and then hands it off to your mother or the person you wanted to talk to. And he said, never validate with a preposition. And then he offers three words that are not prepositions. (laughs) Well, maybe, Mm. or but. So you've got like adverbs, Ah. adjectives, interjections, conjunctions, but whatever. He says, never validate with a preposition. Oh, my God. And those are all just words that you use because you're challenging him in some way or like adding in some sort of falsifiability or. Right. Or some nod to the fact that. doing. 
some nod to the fact that the situation is more complicated than yeah. he's painting in this moment. But yeah, he doesn't right. want to hear those waffle words. He doesn't want you to say, but maybe, mm. well, he wants certainty. Yeah. He wants a strong uh, hit. I'm not loving this. And so he says, well, but when you do that, when you disregard your uncle, imagine the message that it's sending. Like there, here they are in the afterlife waiting to talk to you. And they're sort of in the waiting room and they hear you essentially saying that they're not technically important to you. What kind of message does that send? So again, he's just sort of priming the audience like, you know, if there's any connection, jump on that and jump on it enthusiastically and positively. Yeah, totally. Wouldn't you be offended by that? He wants everyone to react the way like the people who are reading out the sentence in Wheel of Fortune read it. Mm hmm. Like just forced enthusiasm no matter what. <laughs> yeah, like a game show. Yeah, it's yeah, almost like, like we're a in game a game show. show. Exactly. With an applause sign. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Or a Jeb Bush rally. Do you remember that when he asked his audience? Please clap. Please clap. <laughs> I kind of respect it. <laughs> At our next live show, can we just introduce ourselves with, please clap for Ross? <laughs> no, it has to be that dejected, you know, please clap. I just said an applause for the line. Think, yeah, but like if it were the VO... Uh, or the what's it called? VA? AV? Yeah, voiceover. <laughs> if it were on the PA? The PA? Well, anyway, if it were on the big voice that comes out over the whole building and that person was like, please clap. PA, that's the Pennsylvania connection we were looking for earlier that we never got. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> All right, so he keeps moving around the audience. He's getting multiple energies of babies, starts talking about fertility stuff or multiple miscarriages in the family. So he finds a woman for whom that connects to. He talks about the J name. Who's that? That's her sister. Is she passed? Yes. He makes some note about like, oh, and are you writing letters to her or about her? Because she says that she sees you doing this. So that's one of those little mm. something someone might be doing and she some acknowledges tribute. that. Yeah, okay. I think that's a clever thing to add to your cold reading repertoire. Yeah. Uh, and was that a hit? I don't recall a specific like, wow, yes, I have been, but it was received kindly. It wasn't yeah, like, okay. No, I've never written a letter about her or to her. <laughs> <laughs> don't plan to, never will. Okay, so this was the same lady because then he says, aha, see, look, you had this great connection and all credit goes back to your aunt and uncle for opening up the door. Because they were, you know, mm. the ones who were in the hospital at the same time. Oh, right. Remember, you need to trust me. Uh, I think he could kind of clear this up a little if he were like, listen, sometimes your uncle, who you don't know very well, is still the one who's good at making contacts with mediums. And so your grandma, who you really want to get through to, might come through Uncle Bill. That's how the message might come. Yeah. Instead of, I don't know, I feel like he's not spelling that out for people. Because if then if I hear from some great uncle I've barely heard of, it feels a little more exciting if I'm like, oh, I get it. He just happens to be the one in my family that's good at this. Yeah, yeah. That would be a nice angle to add the, you know, they're good at this angle. But he definitely did say, you know, like the obscure family member just may be the right person to open the door. So don't be close to that. Oh, open but the door. Okay. I do like that idea of making them being good at establishing connections. That's clever. Yeah. You're yeah, welcome right? to that, John Edward, if you're listening. Hey, no, this is my shtick. Oh, Get out, John Edward. Trademark, Carrie Poppy, 2022. <laughs> Back off, not yours. <laughs> 
He asks that woman if she has a white car, and she says yes. And what's the white car story that your sister is bringing up? Well, we hate white cars. Okay, why did you get a white car? (laughs) And John even says, oh, this is one of my favorite validations of the night. It's not shocking, it's just, ew. And uh, (laughs) that got a good laugh. Uh, What's the sign of Aquarius for you? That didn't get a response. Did something happen? Is mom still here? And apparently, yes, she was. Do you have another sibling? No, I don't have another sibling. Okay, because I see a contemporary, someone like kind of in that same age bracket with you. Uh Uh, So that was kind of a little string of misses, but he's now expanding it out. Maybe a husband or a cousin or wife or brother or friend. Like he gives a lot of (laughs) options. That's a lot of people. Have you ever met Um, someone? Someone who had uh, colon cancer or an abscess. And she said, "Mm, I can't think of anyone. Oh, this is rough. Okay. He says, yeah, you can. (laughs) We'll, We'll get you there. Um, okay. So the woman offers kidney problem, and he said, "No, no, it's a blockage." William, who's William? And she said, "No, there's a Wayne. Is he still here? Yes. No, no. I think I'm." Is I'm, he I'm... constipated? <laughs> so that's not what he wants. But John Edwards, like, no, no. I I know it's with you though. So he's not expanding it out. He's not moving to other audience members. Huh. So he tries to make something hit with January. I can't remember what the January note was about, but that doesn't get a hit. He said, who did you come with? And she says, my father. So he asks, so he asks the father, like, okay, do you know who William is? Mm-hmm. So the father knows a William. Oh, yeah, William. But he wasn't born in January, so that wasn't quite the connection that they were looking for. So John says, like, well, ask him, like, if he remembers other birthdays. And it's not going anywhere. The father's just not, like, as responsive as John needs him to be. He's not coming up with Mm. stuff. So he pivots. What's the connection to food? There's a food business. (laughs) That doesn't get anything. Construction. So they say, no, he worked in construction, the one we, we think you're trying to talk about. And he said, no, definitely not construction. This person worked as a butcher. Oh. Wait. That's not the first thing he said, though. Yeah, food or food business. But then he gets more specific. Oh, I see. Which is interesting. Usually he gets more general when he doesn't get a hit. But here he's like kind of diving in like, no, this this person was a butcher. And I don't know. They said something that was good enough for him to move on. But I don't think he got a solid connection on that line of inquiry. (sighs) That's so weird. I wonder if that was a bad hot reading. Oh. So weird to pick butcher and be wrong. Yeah, I feel like it was, well, you know, a cold reading that went wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's just like such a specific stab. But I guess you can try a certain number of those and they go past you. Yeah, I feel like uh, as a cold reader, you want to have a certain percentage of what feel like really far flung guesses. Yeah. And if you get just a couple of those in a night, I think, you know, those really stay in people's minds. Like, how did he know about the butcher? Even one. Yeah. Yep. Even one really, really good one. People will talk about as they're leaving. But as know, we, and right. I'll talk about that thing, that one thing that happened. But as we know, people will forget the misses. And so I doubt anybody walked out of there being like, really strange that, you know, he asked about the butcher. No one was a butcher. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe he's not real. <laughs> So he reads some more people in, in that area. Eventually, he gets to a, a woman who he asks, who's Michael? And she says, oh, well, Mike is my cousin. And John Edward says, there's someone who passed by suicide. And mm. she says, yes, his sister. Mm. And he asks okay. her, are you Catholic? And she says, yes. 
And I, hmm. from where I was, I didn't get a good view of her. So I was curious, like, was she wearing a rosary or is she maybe Hispanic? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what was his clue there? Feels like that's not always a, a bad guess. But she said yes. And he asks, who's the baby of the family? She says, that's me. Okay, so that makes you the keeper of some secrets, right? She agrees to that. Yeah, so she, the sister who passed by suicide, she's thanking you for that, for keeping secrets. Hmm. The, the woman didn't have any strong reaction to it, but it you know, felt like a little powerful emotional connection there. Do you have Seems a Seems friend- like that could make things weird between her and the parents. Right, right. Yeah, what's the secret? Can you tell me later? Like, uh, you yeah. know something about her passing that we don't know? That's a good point. Right. So John asked her if there's a friend of hers, the woman who passed, that this woman stays in contact with. And she says yes. So she, on the other side, she's telling me to pass along the B-I-T-C-H word that gets a good laugh from the audience and pass along something about a nail a broken nail. It won't make any sense to you, but just tell that friend of hers that you stay in contact with that she passed along B-I-T-C-H, the nail. That, that'll that make sense to her. Okay. Sounds super specific. Sounds like a hit, except, of course, we never get to see the follow-up. Right, right. So It's so idiosyncratic, you couldn't possibly make it up. Right. <laughs> and you wouldn't do that about the spirit of someone who had died by suicide, would you, John? Hmm. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder what his internal experience is here. I, w- I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if this guy has like some synesthesia or something that this all started somewhere. Maybe. I found myself thinking while reviewing this that this must be draining for him because mm. even just from a performative aspect, you're constantly having to pivot and work with mm-hmm. people's responses and turn them into something that that's positive for you and makes you look good. Even if he's cynical about it or even if he's a true believer about it, I have to feel like either way, this is probably really exhausting to do one of these multi-hour sessions. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. And and it it feels like he really like stops and starts a lot. Like he could get momentum, but he refuses to. So you must just be spinning your wheels so much. Yeah, yeah. To constantly be frequency hopping from one topic to another, even when you get something that's a hit. It, mm-hmm. It's like he'll jump away from it like it's radioactive uh, rather than following up on it. And I wonder if sometimes maybe it's just like, okay, we got to hit that impression of something that was a connection. If I follow this line of inquiry, it might turn into a negative. Let's mm. keep it alive. Let's have it die while it's young and mm-hmm. live in glory as a hit rather than like taking it further and having it get shot down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all of it's really just to prove to you that I'm talking to someone. Right. Yeah. Which I think oftentimes the whole psychic medium performance really comes down to validate me, come away Mm -hmm. with the sense that I'm real and I established Mm -hmm. a connection. And that really is more the focus than even making people feel good or Mm -hmm. connected or resolved or whatever. Yeah, I think probably when you start out, those ratios might be flipped. But when you're all the way selling Mm -hmm. out stadiums or hotel rooms, even, I don't think. Yeah, like I don't think you can stay that optimistic about it. I would say it's different for different psychics. Like I think Mm -hmm. Cindy Kaza, for example, like really Mm -hmm. aggressively wanted everything to be about, see, Mm -hmm. I'm right. See, Mm -hmm. I'm right. Anyways. Well, you know, Ross, I'm getting an H right now. That's amazing. Yes, thank you. 
I can see it in my mind's eye floating in front of me and right next to it is a huge volcano. Does this mean anything to you? Let's see. The volcano makes me think of Scientology. Okay, perfect. And Scientology is a religion based mostly in what city? Well, Los Angeles. Yes, Los Angeles. And Los Angeles has a lot of flowers and foliage. And you know what loves foliage? Bees. Bees. And you know what bees make? Bees make honey. Honey, exactly. And today's episode is sponsored in part by PayPal Honey. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. How did you get all that? Just from this H floating in your mind. Mm-hmm. I have a gift. That's fantastic. Well, yes, it is. Thank you. That's great that you mention PayPal, honey, because I have honey installed on my browser all the time. It sits there. I see its little icon. I'm looking at it right now. We're talking. I've got my computer in front of me, and I see there's a cursive H inside of a gray box, but that changes color when I am shopping online and honey detects an offer code. Because that's what Honey does. It scours the internet for discount codes that you can use when you're buying things online. Yeah, so if you already have a code, great. But if you don't, now you don't have to go searching for a random one. So imagine you're shopping on your favorite site, ellopoppyisthecutestdog.com, and you get to check out and you're like, uh-oh, I don't have any Ella Poppy coupons. Well, this honey button just drops down and you can click apply coupons and then just those prices go flip, 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 and you can get your Ella swag. And uh, how much will this cost me, Carrie? Well, the Ella swag, of course, is $1,000 a sweatshirt, mm-hmm. but the honey tool is free. Whoa, that's amazing. Yeah. And is it just for browsers or could you add it to your, uh, say, iPhone? Oh, my gosh. You ask such good questions. Thank you. You can also add it to your iPhone. You just enable it on Safari and then you can find savings on the go. Fantastic. Well, as I've said, Honey's on all the time, but it seems to really get active when I buy food online. It's like, Ross is hungry. Mm. Let's save him (laughs) money. It's nice. Yeah. it, It seems to be when it pops up the most. Now I'm trying to think about my online shopping habits and what that says. But uh, anyways, it saved me money on many a pizza and a burrito. Nice. Two things you can roll up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. I should buy some fruit because you can roll up fruit. That's true. You can. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Here's how to do that. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash oh no. That's joinhoney.com slash oh no. I will. Ross, I love your shoes. Thank you. Everybody says it. See, everybody's... You, Always saying it to you. And and you question that, but now look, here you are admiring my shoes. Mm, mm, it's true. And that's because they're Rothy's. Oh, no wonder. You know, I saw the shoes. I've seen them a million times, but every time they're like new because they're just so handsome. Look, do you find yourself in social situations where you just don't know what to talk about? Why don't you wear really nice shoes that other people will start conversations about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell me about these shoes of yours. Life hack. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah. And you can be like, oh, these are actually Rothy's. And if you're like me, you can take them off and be like, you want to touch them? They're made out of recycled water bottles, but you wouldn't guess it from feeling them because they feel great. And before you know it, you have a new, very lame friend. <laughs> <laughs> because all you guys have talked about is shoes. But yeah. see, then you move on. Then you move on. Right. You talk about other things. You talk about volcanoes. You start to be like, I'm worried about climate change. Mm-hmm. How long will my kids get to live? Right. And See, this all wouldn't have happened if you hadn't talked about the shoes. Right. You're right. That's an excellent segue because now you're already talking about conservation and the environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you could talk about activism. You could talk about so many things with this new friend of yours who is not lame, who is actually quite amazing <laughs> and multifaceted. <laughs> I bet that friend, just like Rothy's, is known for their chic pointed toe flats and their (laughs) iconic head-turning designs in bright and sophisticated colors. And Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. All their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. They've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. Okay, that's A, amazing. Yeah. But You're going to focus on the word around. Yes, but, (laughs) but it's praise. This is how it's done, people. Okay, around 125 million. They didn't say more than 124 million. Or precisely 125 million. Exactly. I I I love it. I picture picture the people at Rothy's around a conference table saying, how are we going to carry proof this copy? (laughs) She's going to pick this apart. (laughs) We're going to make this precise and unassailable. And they did it. You did it. Good job, conference room. I love it. You know, whenever I wear my shoes and people come up to me and they say, wow, those have such style. I'm always like, they do. And thank you for seeing that. But they also have comfort and they also have washability. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know? another strong point we haven't even mentioned yet. You can wash these shoes. Put them in the wash. Yeah, don't treat my shoes as a piece of meat. They're more than just how they look, okay? They're also smart. They're also brave. My feet are down here. Yeah, yes, exactly. Thank you. So, your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash oh no. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash oh no for $20 off your first order. Rothy's, they use numbers well. Okay, so John Edward is now scanning a localized part of the audience. He's looking for someone new to make a connection with. And he said, there's a Chris, Christina. Actually, he's still talking to the previous woman. He says, not you? Okay, so he moves along like, let's find someone who knows a Chris or Christina. Come on, one of the most common names. Christina M., Michelle? I don't know, I feel like they go together over here, and he gesticulates hmm. to like 50 people. And I think my friend Matthew's wife, Michelle, might have a sister named Christina. Whoa, oh, so we're talking to you then. Yes. <laughs> Does New Mexico Wait. mean anything to you? New Mexico. I don't think so. Here I have an opportunity. I'm talking to Carrie. I could have hot read you. And what do I say? New Mexico. I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to ask, what's Michelle's sister's name? Let's see. Okay, but go on. Some guy says, Kike? (laughs) And 
John <laughs> and John Edward is like, uh, no, like I'm, I'm I'm going for Christine or Michelle, not Kike. Oh, but this must be so frustrating if your loved ones don't have these common Anglo-Saxon names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, uh, if, what if someone right. is married to Xerxes or something like that? Or Yeah, or just like Raul Juan, just like names he's never pulling out of his ass. Yeah, part of me like wants to expand my family and name everybody's really unusual names, Xavier, <laughs> Xerxes. <laughs> to make it hard on the mediums. <laughs> yeah, just, just so we can throw off a medium for a brief moment before they move on from us. So then that same guy, I think immediately remembers oh wait mariana christina and john edward like rolls his eyes like okay you didn't think of that so who is mariana christina we may come back to that we may not because now john edward has suggested that there is like i'm sensing an older woman there's an older woman here and i think i think it becomes one of those little runoffs with candidates again we're like oh maybe it's my Older woman, or maybe it's my uh, yes. wife's mom who's Will in the, the hospital. the nominees please stand? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we got the wife's mom who's in the hospital for heart conditions. So John says, is there an R for your family too? Oh yeah, I remember this couple. So they, they were not too far behind me. This was getting relatively close to my area. And it was a, like a tall, kind of well-built Hispanic man. And think I think his wife who was next to him. So they were both standing up. So, yeah, they were working to get the matches for John, but you could tell this was the first time they'd done anything like this. So they weren't quite going at John's speed. But John says, I sense that you're like you're a teacher or a social worker. And the guy doesn't really acknowledge that. He also said that the guy has two separate degrees teaching two separate classes. And the guy didn't acknowledge that either. So, yeah, like he does, he moves on. He says, can I get personal? So he does that again. And the woman says, you can. And again, he's talking to what looks to be a Hispanic couple. And he says, someone's in prison. Oh, gosh. Okay. So the woman says, oh, well, I have two brothers who have been in prison. Cool. Always love to capitalize on the carceral state and its uh, (laughs) racist ratios. Cool, cool. All right. Yep. The guess paid off in this case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. There's uh, racism built into that system. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So he said- You have three brothers. And she said, no, just two. So then John, he doesn't want to- Actually? He doesn't want to let that miss go. So he says, was there someone else who was raised in the family who was like a brother? And Mm. she said, yes. And he said, okay, there we go. Let's not make this Mm. so difficult. (laughs) Like that's the three brothers I'm talking about. Okay, so I'm supposed to be talking about the tablecloth with the really big flowers. No response. (laughs) big red like lily looking flower no response Mm -hmm. to that it's a bedspread i don't know it's just it's something flat and Mm -hmm. that gets no replies so john just keeps moving on okay so i'm seeing a place i'm walking down the driveway i'm going up the stairs where is this (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) wait what was that i'm seeing i'm walking down the driveway and i'm going upstairs where is this So this is anywhere that's two stories with a driveway. Yep. yep. Okay. I mean, we all have okay, places great. like this. Could be a business. Could be a childhood memory. Could be a school. Could be your I'm home. Driving. Uh, I'm driving. I'm filing this one away in my own like cold reading <laughs> repertoire because that's pretty funny. But still, like she she's trying to think about it, and she says, "Okay, well, nothing's really coming to me. Though I do have an aunt in a different state, 
and maybe she has a house like this. I don't know. Uh, but I wrote in my notes, miss, because like just this just felt like nothing was landing here. I'm turning right and then I'm turning left. Where am I? <laughs> I'm I'm flipping a Yui and I'm getting on the interstate. Where is this? <laughs> The suburbs are cheaper than downtown. Where am I? So John says, uh, someone was attacked by a dog. And the husband said, I have a friend who was bitten the neck by a pit bull. Okay. And John Edward says, okay, well, that just tells me that I'm supposed to stay with you. So then he tries to make like a hospital connection. That's not landing. They're not making any hay out of that. Then the husband says, oh, well, my uncle passed away from COVID last year. Mm. So... Uh, John Edward kind of used this moment to take a little lateral step and give a message to the whole assembled crowd and said, yeah. by the way, you may have had someone in your life recently in these last couple of years who you felt died alone and you feel really bad about that. Just know that nobody, nobody, nobody passes alone. And John says, uh, you know, I worked in a hospital once, and now I kind of understand he had that phlebotomy job. Mm, uh, right. And I saw someone who was dying, and presumably they were alone, but they were surrounded by five or six souls. There was like a, a whole mm. welcoming committee. And just know, whenever mm. someone goes to the other side, they have that welcoming committee with them. Nobody dies alone. Uh, I wonder if he believes this. I, I was going to say I hope so. I don't know if I hope so, but got a good applause from the audience. They thought that was huh. quite nice. Yeah, yeah, but I y- can see why that's deeply comforting, yeah. But another, also another little peek into whatever underlying theology he has that sort of ties all of these insights about the afterlife together. Oh, dang. Matthew's wife, Michelle's sister is Melissa. Oh, well, that's a real letdown. So he starts moving around the crowd again. Okay, somewhere in this area, I'm getting like a younger male energy. No, not you. I'm not saying that you don't have a young man present. It's just that somebody else around here. So then a woman says, oh, well, I have a nephew named Andrew. So he picks on her. Okay, okay. Who's Josephine? Joanne. Oh, my sister is Joanne. Okay. So we've got like a nice little connection there. So he asks her if her dad has passed. I think she said yes. I don't have that in my notes. And John asks, is he the, like, everyone come to my house guy? And she says, yeah. So <laughs> that's a pretty good hit. Not everybody yeah, is. The, I guess. Not everyone's yeah. the come to my house guy. Uh, yeah, that's true. Is he Frank? Which is um, a good guess. Or maybe you're just asking if he's honest. with yeah, yeah, I know. I was just thinking that. At least you get twice she as many She says his middle uh, name is Francis. For all of this, you have to wonder, like, why are these people, like, approaching him with little, like, glimmers of, and impressions of their name? Yeah, totally. Such a strange way to greet anybody. It's almost... Yeah, especially if you have something important to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, but first, I need you to know my middle name. I want you to picture <laughs> yeah. Frank. But it's actually yeah, going it... to be Francis. But good, we've established a connection. I don't know, this is so weird. If you need Laura to know that she might have breast cancer... What you should get across is Laura, breast cancer, not Frank, New Mexico. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, middle name Francis. Okay, so John says, okay, well, that's how he's verifying that we've made this connection. So he says there are five siblings, and three are similar and two different. (laughs) What? Yeah, I'm thinking like, wait, what? Like uh, three of them (laughs) drive race cars and two don't? Like, how are they different? Yeah, the two sissies. He says it's like either three men and two women or three women and two Uh. women. 
That's how he's... Good odds of that, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. In, uh, in, a, <laughs> in a group of five. Yeah, when you think about rolling Generally dice. sexually dimorphic species. Yep. So we made the connection... And he's acknowledging Joe. I don't know if we ever hear if there was a real Joe to be acknowledged. Anyways, so John asks, do you have the new watch? So the woman nods to that. Are you complaining about the watch? And she said, no, I like the new watch. And John says, okay, because he's saying that he like hears you complaining about the watch or that you're annoyed. So the woman says, well, actually, I've got an Apple watch now and I really like it, though... During therapy, it'll stop, and I do get annoyed at it stopping. So, mm. ta-da, that's a hit. He sees that. for He's at your therapy <laughs> sessions. <laughs> and so he says, and there's something about, like, you getting a new band for your watch. And she's like, no, I really like my band. Aha! He's like, I know this is something people do. Yeah. The yep. second they get an Apple Watch. Oh, not you, the only person? God damn it. <laughs> so uh, John Edwards jumps to... This kind of like future prediction that sounds amazing, but you realize there's no way to confirm it. He says, you're going to smell a scent of cologne or something familiar. When you experience that, just say thank you. Mm. Cool. The only way to falsify that is to shout out, I can't smell! <laughs> oh, that would be an amazing disconfirmation. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, very unlikely. So he He'd probably be if, like, then you'll be even more shocked. So he asks if middle name Francis, we still don't know his first name, has a prostate issue, which is weird because he's dead. <laughs> she says, she says yes to that. Okay, so he had a prostate issue, but he's telling John Edward that he's good. I should hope so. If you pass over to the other side, I should hope you don't yeah. have any those prostate issues. Yeah, it seems like you should not have to do all those butt exams once you're in heaven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. That, that should be your reward. <laughs> um, so he talks to her about playing golf and saying that on the other side, they can see that she's a better golfer than she thinks she is. He asks, who's the singer? And she says, oh, none of us can sing. <laughs> and finally, I mean, a sewing machine. Oh, that would be that would be a nice pivot. Eventually, she offers that her sister Mary sang and played the piano. And mm -hmm. John asks, if she's passed? And yes, she is passed. So middle she's name- singing Fra in heaven. Yeah, middle name Francis is saying that she's here. And so this is a really strange turn that John makes here. He says, was someone murdered in the family? Oh. Silence. Homicide. No. <laughs> oh! Um. When you said murder, I didn't put it together. But now that you say homicide, my mom killed my dad. So again, she's got nothing. And he says, somebody passed at the hands of someone else. You may just not know. <sighs> you know, maybe you're not okay. aware of it. Maybe. Oh, no, this is another one of those paranoia-inducing additions yeah. to your life story. It's, oh, no, I more, do not like this. It's more important that my premonition was correct than yeah. I preserve your memories. Um, and like a real suspicion, like it could be someone still around you as a murderer. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's an unsolved murder out there. One that, that happened around you and you weren't even aware of it. So, oh, okay. So John comes to this uh, next family and he's looking for a homicide. And there's this younger woman and she's got like, you know, a big head of permed hair. And mm -hmm. she has her boyfriend with her. He definitely looks like the type who got kind of dragged along here oh uh, sure happens yeah he's like wearing a sweatshirt and like you know 
what's going on here? I don't. He, he just looks mm-hmm. like you know he's not the target audience. And her mother is there as well. Her mother also has a very large perm and joins in on the conversation eventually. So John homes in on them and says, "Okay, there's someone with a seven, the seventh. And so mm. the woman says, "Yeah, my birthday is June seventh. Okay, oh. did you paint a room?" <laughs> And so she says, well, yeah, I painted my parents' room during the quarantine. I painted it green. Okay. That's pretty good hit. Oh, yeah. So at this point, John's just established that there's a man, a male presence who died that she knows. And so he says, well, he was there with you when you were painting. Okay. Do you have his sneakers? Why then? And she says, no, he didn't wear sneakers. So John Edwards said, well, he thought he did. And that got a good laugh (laughs) from the audience. But he moves on. So did he love his hair? No, not really. (laughs) All right. But he's saying something about his foot. He's trying to make this shoe, the sneaker thing work. Mm -hmm. And the woman says, oh, oh, his snowboard. He really loved his snowboard. And and his shoes were attached to his snowboard. Uh, Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how I'd communicate about a snowboard. (laughs) I'd show show John Edward a picture of a sneaker. Exactly. (laughs) And John Edward said, yeah, that was his pride and joy. And John says, okay, so I feel like you were just talking to him earlier today. And who who's the singer? And so she starts crying. Like, this poor woman, like, she's really convinced that she's talking to her dead brother. We learn Aww. it's her brother. And she says, I am. And he says, and did you feel like you lost your voice when he died? Yes. Mm. Well, you're going to be able to get your voice back. Okay. Okay. And are you writing? Yes. He's telling me to tease you about getting a job. She doesn't acknowledge that, but she's still crying, you know, so this is all really affecting her. He kind of turns to the rest of the audience and he says, yeah, after the first year after you lose somebody, that's the coasting year. So, you know, you Mm -hmm. watch birthdays pass and events. You're in a shock. It's all a blur. I guess this was like a year and a half after her brother had passed. So he says the second year really hits and it's going to be a lot harder. And that's when you're really going to have to like sit and process. So he talks to the woman and the man who's standing next to her, presumably her partner. And he says, do you guys have a son? She says no to that. Any immediate plans? And they both say emphatically no. And they have kind of a good (laughs) laugh about that. And she says, but when I do, I want to name him Justin after my brother. And this is this, I don't know, uh, upset me. I don't know. This just felt dissonant. John Edward said, you might reconsider like don't name oh. your son Justin after your dead brother. What? Why? Yeah, why do that? Did he explain? He comes back to it, but not immediately. He asks, did you have a cracked window? No response. Shattered mirror? Oh, well, my grandfather's table shattered. Okay, well, that's your brother's way of bringing your grandfather in. <laughs> okay. And who's mm-hmm. Ed? Eddie? Big E? No response to that. No Ed, no Eddie. Wait, isn't there like a famous person called Big Ed? There's Mr. Ed. Okay, he's a guy from 90 Day Fiance, which I've never seen, but oh. he's like a meme. Big E? Big Ed? Big Ed. Okay, Ed, Eddie, Big E. Okay, well, they didn't respond to that, and they didn't talk about that TV show. So he just pivots again. What's with Wisconsin? No response. Michigan? Just generally? Oh, The okay. Great Lakes? <laughs> the Louisiana Purchase? <laughs> So the Mason Dixon line, this couple isn't responding to any of that. So there's a man standing near them who says, well, I'm from New York near another great lake. And <laughs> <everyone> just... 
Guys, this is trying too hard. So John Edward said, and was there a fire? And so the guy's like, uh, like there's no connection there. (laughs) There's a car accident. No response. Or or like, wait, we went from Wisconsin to Michigan to New York to fire to car accident. Yeah. Wisconsin to Michigan to Great Lakes. Gets a man from New York who recognizes a great lake that he lives somewhat near. And then, yeah, to fire, to car accident, to a big bang, maybe, that's also connected. The big bang! It's everybody! 13.8 billion years ago. So the man says, well, I was in a car accident. And John Edward said, no, no, that's not it. <laughs> what the fuck? What's he doing? Hi, uh, Fishing. He's fishing. But then not reeling him in. Anyway, so he waffles in that area for a while. Nothing's happening. There's this whole thing about astrological signs. None of those are landing. So John comes back to that grieving sister and her significant other and the mother there and uh, wants them to know that Justin acknowledged the dad in their relationship. So then the woman asks if she can tell John Edward how her brother died. And he says, no, he doesn't want that information. He lets her say at least that it was tragic and unexpected. So he'll let her get that much information across. And she wants to know, again, she's still in tears. She wants to know, is he okay? And John Edward mm-hmm. says, yes, always yes. They're always okay. It's us who are not okay. And so, again, this is one mm-hmm. of those lessons for the whole audience. No matter how the yeah. person died, the consciousness knows it's coming. So, like, people mm-hmm. have a foreknowledge that they're going to die. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. And they'll do and say odd things beforehand. And he tells this story about like how a brother called his sister and said, hey, I know I'm not coming home, but just wanted you to know that you're a great sister and I love you. And she's like, oh, that's ridiculous. What are you talking about? I'll see you soon. But then on the way back from Disneyland, he died in a car crash. Uh, Wait, he was on. He's leaving Disneyland and he has this thought yeah or like even before he goes to disneyland but he knows he won't survive the weekend but like i'm immediately thinking okay john is saying that we all get these premonitions that the spirit knows that the death is coming why Mm. don't we all have stories about that like all the time yeah from everyone we know exactly that should be the rule not the exception yeah yeah good point anyway so you know he's giving this uh heartwarming lesson about how everybody's okay on the other side and and they actually knew that they were going to die and they had like a moment to deal with it essentially so as further example john edward talks about his own mom dying when he was 19 and says well if she didn't die we wouldn't be having this conversation right now well i'm sure she's really glad about it then yeah right (laughs) oh that was worth it (laughs) i really wanted this guy to talk to someone in burbank on this particular wednesday (laughs) So so he does come around to the whole taking his name for her son thing. He says, Mm. as a sister, you do need to be using his name, keeping his memory alive. You don't have to name your child after him. That's all he says about it. Okay. I don't know why, for some reason, he thinks that's a big step or a step too far. Uh, But he says, I do think that child is going to come sooner than you think which gets good laughter and little, you know, exchanged surprise glances between her and her uh, probably not yet husband, but boyfriend, I'm guessing. Psychics love this move. They love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And John Edward says, you know, big changes are coming. It's just like that big couch in Friends. You're trying to move it up the stairs, and what do you got to do? Pivot. Pivot. Yep. Oh, 
It's just like that big couch in Friends. And it's a reference. John Edward. A reference just as recent as John Edward. <laughs> Aww. Hey, but I know. It sounds it. to me like he's doing great. Yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah, like financially I... and like business wise, you mean? Or Yeah, he's selling out. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah it... There's nothing wrong with having a clientele that's older. He's got enough of a following for sure. So he stays in that area for a while, but he starts bombing again. Like, he asks a woman if the Great Dane is hers, and she's like, oh, hell no. Nobody else is owning the Great Dane. And then he asks a woman how her knee is doing. She's like, my knee's fine. So he, <laughs> he moves on. Do people see the comedy in that? No. I think he would be on the defensive if people were laughing about that. And he doesn't really spin it for comedy. It's just, you know, he's waiting to make this connection. Yeah, okay. I, I think he's got to be careful about who the jokes are expensed at. Yeah. There's another thing where he keeps trying to get someone to acknowledge like these mason jars or a vase or something with that kind of thickness. That's not doing anything either. So here he gets to one that really stuck with me. He comes from my vantage point from the left side. So it's a woman not too far behind me mm -hmm. that he lands on when he starts asking the crowd, okay, someone in this area is saying they're the superhero here. Is there like a Clark hmm. or a Diana Prince and everybody's thinking about it and so this woman gets up a short woman maybe in her I don't know I'd say 50s she's got I wrote Sylvia Brown like hair that's very specific kind of uh, I don't know like platinum blonde hair she looks very no nonsense like someone that if I was reading a crowd I wouldn't go for her because I'd think like oh she just looks like she doesn't want me mm. to like mess with her standoffish or something she stands up and says well my son was quadriplegic and oh man we compared him to superman and so that's the superhero <laughs> connection and i have a picture of superman above my desk at work and Aww. so yeah all of our hearts in the audience all melt you know oh my goodness and and john Edward says no that's not it <laughs> that would be so bad no no he's found he's found the right person okay he does tell like a little like self affirming note about how once he was telling a woman that her daughter really loved to dance and the woman <laughs> kept saying no she wasn't a dancer and then it turned out that she had a disability she couldn't use her feet and he said ah but she's telling me that she wanted to dance and in her mind she was a dancer oh i was like why are you telling us this story this just makes you sound like a jerk yeah one of those stories where the teller thinks it's coming off the opposite way. Exactly. <laughs> so he asks this woman, so did your son pass away on his birthday? No response to that. Or maybe a celebration time? Hmm. And she says he passed away on the first of the year. So, okay, hit. Hmm. January 1st. Okay. I wonder if he's thinking that this is a suicide and that like suicides cluster around those kinds of days. Oh, interesting. So then he says, and he's telling me to talk with you about some kind of like Tom and Jerry symbolism. Is there any like hmm. cat and mouse symbolism happening? Hmm. And she says, well, we adopted a black cat on the like the anniversary of my son's death. Okay. So, all right. We're going to call that a hit. What was his thing again? What did he say? That there was Tom and Jerry symbolism. Oh, okay. Okay. They got a cat. All right. Did they get a mouse? No. There, yeah, no mouse connection, mm. fortunately. Seems important. That's true. That's true. 
he's worn me down at this point. I'm being more generous. <laughs> so she mentions that it was to replace another cat. And John Edward says, oh, was the first cat hit by a car? And she said, we just lost her. And like, I feel like John really played this moment as like, you'd find out if you knew that she was hit by a car, which again, oh, I see. messing with information, you know, based on yep. incomplete knowledge, not, not too happy about that. He gets this whole mental image of Tinkerbell and tries to get the mom to connect with Tinkerbell. That doesn't go anywhere. He talks about her like, did you ever have to do things for him, like suction him or like take care of things that he couldn't do for himself? I mean, obviously. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so once he gets a hit on that, he says he just wants to thank you for that. He acknowledges that that was a lot of work. Sure, sure. Also, like, I bet he said that a lot in his life. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It just seems like someone walking into the story, not even at the 11th hour, at the 15th hour, (laughs) being like, I bet I know what was missing. He didn't say thank you enough. Mm -hmm. But that does make sense as a a psychic that you assume that people are coming to want to talk to their dead relatives because they need some sense of closure. That's true. Either a thank you or I loved you or I was proud of you or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. He says that the son is talking about the 29th. That doesn't seem to spark any memories. It was a good guess if he died on New Year's Eve. 29th is two days earlier. Yeah, yeah. So then he says, Virginia, I'm getting Georgia, maybe the Carolinas. Why is he bringing up the Southeast? And the woman says, well, my name is Virginia. Oh. Yeah, so that, that got a big laugh from the audience and, you know, felt like a really strong hit, even though he was talking about states. That's fun. But yeah, it's like, why then didn't it come through as a V or what? I, like one of the ways he talks about names. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, who's the V? Yeah. yeah, and why is he presenting a picture of the Southeast to communicate this? I guess it's the, the weird charades right. that the dead people play with John Edward. Yeah, it's like if someone showed, I like die and someone shows Drew like a tulip. And then they're like, oh, not a tulip. Actually, it's like a poppy. Oh, it's a person whose last name is poppy. Oh, Wow. Oh, good. Yeah, your loved one told you their last name. (laughs) (laughs) He asks if the son was able to speak, and she says yes. And he says, was there a weird way of communicating that he had, like a code? And she said, well, when he needed to use the wheelchair, he would do it with breaths or clicks. And Mm. so John Mm -hmm. takes credit for that. And Mm. Cool, John. (laughs) Yeah. So she talks about how he could get around in that thing very quickly. Is there another sibling for him? No. Okay, well, there's some contemporary he's telling me to acknowledge. That doesn't really go anywhere or get a reply. But then he said, he's telling me about a kidney. The woman then says, ah, well, he was a donor. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, this just kind of hurt my heart hearing this whole part. She said that, yeah, they kind of aggressively pursued his organs after he died. uh, Maybe that's Mm. what you're sensing there. Mm. He aggressively pursued his organs. She's not implying they like were trying to off him or something. No, it's just like after he died, like I guess they really wanted her to make a decision and mm. talk about the mm-hmm. organs and maybe she was trying to defer it and they wouldn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. You do hear about those things. Okay. This was a pretty good hit. John was asking, oh, what's all the orange stuff? Why am I saying orange? Hmm. Uh, everything's orange, like uh, orange slices or orange juice, Tic Tacs. And the woman said, oh, he had orange everything. That was his favorite color. Oh, okay. Would also be a hit for you and for my son. It's true. 
but not but not a common favorite color. I feel though like he did come in with a few things around this guy though. Like he came in with someone using a wheelchair, Virginia. I don't know. Like it feels like this might all have been handed to him in some way. Maybe. And then that's the kind of thing you post on your Facebook, like, any loved orange? Yeah, this was definitely, like, if you went around for all of these readings and picked, like, the three most impactful, this would be one of them. The mm. the woman who lost her brother, that would be another one. You know, where, like, there were mm-hmm. real tears or real, like, uh, high emotions yeah. flying. So then he says, okay, and I'm feeling like someone in this audience is connected to you, like someone else uh, over on this side of the room knows you, like you have a connection to them. Hmm. Yeah, interesting guess, if it's a guess, because, you know, usually if you come in with people, you sit near them. So we get to this one woman, and she's, you can tell she's just so eager, like, oh, finally, this is my chance to be called on. She said, oh, oh, I was standing behind her in line, and we met. (laughs) Oh, okay. Just now. No, that's that's not quite it. But she keeps trying to make it happen. And it's just like, no, that's not quite the connection I'm looking for. But nobody else is really jumping up and saying that they know this lady. And I think they find someone who maybe worked for the same school district or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, yeah, not making a solid connection. But at least now we've moved off to other parts of the audience. Then there's another woman who's really eager and... John's getting like a Kimberly, a Kim, a Kimmy. Oh, that's my sister-in-law. Okay, yeah, I think I'm supposed to be talking to you. There's some army connection, like a badge. So she works really hard on that. Oh, yeah, okay, I know a guy who has a badge that he uses to get on a base. It's not like military or anything. Anyways, this was all pretty flimsy. This woman was just barely hanging on. Every time he would try to leave and like he would mention something else, she'd be like, oh, oh, but I know somebody distantly related who had that thing. Stick with Mm -hmm, me. mm -hmm. She gets how the game is played. Yeah, yeah. So you could tell she was fighting for it. I think John Edwards sort of sniffs those people and like is tries to move away from them. Yeah, we cover a lot of topics there, but none none of it's too impressive, and it's just like just barely hitty enough to stay with this woman. While he's talking to her, though, it comes up that someone close to her has July twenty third as their birthday. He asks, what's their sign? And she says, July 23rd. So he says, oh, a Leo. The whole audience mutters like you can hear people saying Leo, <laughs> which happens to be my astrological sign. Yeah, it's not like uh, one that's known for being terrible. I don't know. It just seemed to get a reaction. It- no, Scorpio's the one everyone hates. Oh, okay. Poor Scorpio's. Oh, it's really? so irrelevant. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally well, maligned. Well, no reason. John Edward goes off on this whole little side thing saying like, okay, well, Leo is a language and you have to learn how to speak it. And mm. I happen to be fluent because I married a Leo, says John Oh, Edward. shit. Yeah. And so he makes this whole thing about how like it's this very circular form of communication and they'll never say that you were right and I was wrong. It's just not in their nature. That was kind of his final note and he sort of finished up with that woman and gave some general... I think he was like giving some advice about finance and relationships. But anyways, he'd finally, I think, answered all of the standing up people. He traveled around the audience. He'd hit quite a few people. And this was, you know, like well over, this was over two hours of actual audience interaction. So then he had like an exercise to wrap this all up. He reminded us that there's sign-up sheets outside. Make sure that we have all your info. Uh, But he wanted us to close our eyes together and picture a glowing ball of light. And mm. inside that ball of light, you're going to put in anything that's bothering you, whether it's a word, 
or a situation or something that's getting in your way. And on Maybe the- tonight I told you that you might have breast cancer. <laughs> Put that in the glowing orb. <laughs> Put that in there. That's no longer my fault. And then on the count of three, we're going to release it and we're mm. going to shake it off. Then he said, what we just did was a cognitive conscious release exercise, which I don't know, is a string of words. I tried looking that up. Nothing came up, so... Yeah, I know what all four of those words mean, but I don't know why they're together right now. (laughs) He said, we're always in attachment mode and we'll focus on the negative rather than the positive. I'll give you an example. Don't under any circumstances think of oranges. And so there's Mm. laughter from the audience. See, you can't help it. You're picturing oranges now. That's just how our brains work. And that's okay. You just have to acknowledge it and then toss it aside. Get rid of things that no longer serve you. And then he has advice for anybody here who's dealing with something health-related. I want you to come at it from an I am place, not I am going to get better. Say, I am healthy. I am connected. Oh, okay. Be affirmative rather than say, I hope or I wish or I wonder, which I've heard from many others. You know, you have to wonder how far that goes because what if you get really sick? What does that look like? Right, right. Trying to keep reframing it as health. Yeah, and then same thing with like law of attraction. Then you just start blaming yourself if things aren't magically getting better. But John Edward told me to say this and I'm doing it. So he has all of these little, I like closing ideas and exercises and rituals that I think he's just sort of accumulated. They don't feel particularly connected to one another, but I think it's just Mm. ways to leave everybody with a warm and fuzzies. So he says, after this event, I want you to think of one person to call and let them know that you love them. And a lot of you came in here with other people. I want you to turn to them now and tell them that you love them. So I'm sitting there all by myself, you know, with two new <laughs> friends. Like, what to do? So, hey, I respect you. I don't tell anybody that I love them. And he said that, like, he did this once for an audience, and a woman came to him much later and said, "You had us do that. Call somebody that we loved." And I called my mom, and she passed away the next day. And I'm so glad that I got to tell her I loved her. Yeah, which is really nice. And he says, well, now I feel like I have to do this at every single performance I give. Uh, Oh, he's telling this story. I thought someone from the audience said this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's recounting an earlier revelation. Oh, okay. Okay. I doubt this this happened exactly like this then. Of course. Of course. But, you know, now he feels duty bound to have all of us call someone and tell them we love them because that may be this important message. Because it might kill them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Call your friends. To kill them. That's a correlation. Call your enemies and, and say you work. love them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> kill them with kindness. Yes, there you go. So he ends out saying, I hope I've inspired you guys tonight. Thank you very much. Wild applause from the audience. Woo! He jumps off the stage and walks back out that little door from whence he came. And that is the end of the main performance, though all of us with the orange wristbands are sitting here going, uh, what do we do? Like, where's the yeah. VIP thing? Because I, again, I'm picturing my unts 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 room with the yeah disco with, ball. with psychic Johnny and catered or psychic medium J E <laughs> right yeah from TikTok and so <laughs> I'm all ready to do that. But uh, yeah, where do we go? So thankfully, our Spitfire lady, Rebecca, she jumps back on stage and she says, "Stick around if you've got the orange wristband. If you've got the purple wristband, get out." So everyone starts filing out of the room except for us. And I can't wait to tell you about it, Carrie. I can't wait to tell you the question that I got to ask John Edward. We learn more about John Edward 
also, I can't wait to share with you, I've made a spreadsheet that I sent you that has, what I did was I took all of his <laughs> like factual statements that I took notes of and how well they played out. And so I can't wait to break that down for you. Just a little bit of statistical analysis of John Edward and how, his hit ratio. Oh, I love it. Which I think I is- I love it. I think is precisely- why he does not want these things recorded because he doesn't want anybody reflecting later on the details of what was spoken. Yep. Sometimes showing up so you don't have to means making it shorter and snappier for you. Sometimes it means making it <laughs> longer so that you know exactly what happened. I'm sorry, everyone. Because he used speed against you. No, John Edward used speed against them and you said, no, sir. That's right. I'm slowing this train down. You're absolutely right, Carrie. That is the service we perform. We take <laughs> the fast-paced John Edward psychic train, and we slow it way the hell down. Way we look the at it. Fuck down. We unlink the carts. We ask everyone to show us their tickets. That's how mm-hmm. we. That's how we ride this train. And that's how we made this three episodes. And we'll <laughs> yeah. be back next week to tell you more. In honesty, it was supposed to be two episodes, and I took too long. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good because it is. It's clearly this is part of the thing is that he like ramrods through it. Yeah. So if you don't do this, you have no idea. Absolutely. I mean, that's a good point. Like we would talk maybe for. 15 minutes about his conversation with one of these people, but that's really three minutes of communication Mm -hmm. that just went so fast, blindingly fast, moving from one thing to the next and never acknowledging where those misses happened. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Thank you, Victor. You can support this and all of our episodes by becoming a member of Maximum Fun, supporting us and all of the other great entertainment, really awesome shows that we are honored to be a part of. You can tell me happy birthday on my birthday on Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. You can support this show. By the time you hear this, it will be in the past. But Carrie will take backdated birthday. I'll take it. Like, I'll take it. The way that lady took John Edwards saying someone had said happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. To someone. Uh, In that way, your birthday can live on. So yeah, wish Carrie a happy birthday on Twitter. Forever. Or Facebook. Yeah, why not? I'll tell her you did it. There you go. Perfect. Or you can write us a positive review. That's a birthday present right there. Put that on Apple Podcasts or whatever it is you're doing. It's a wonderful gift to receive. And I see most of them, and I send really good ones to Carrie. So write <laughs> write such a good review talking about how amazing Carrie is that Ross will see that and say, I need to send that to Carrie to see. I generally avoid reviews, period. But... Yes. So the only way you see them is but when then, I force them but upon then, you. Yeah, every once in a while, someone says, you got to see this. At the same time, our work relies on it, so please do it. Yeah. Thank you all. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. May all your troubles be little ones. And remember... From John Edward Cross Country. Um, I am ready to go. There's a younger male energy in this section that makes me feel like this would be son, nephew, grandson. There is a cancer connection that comes up here. Does this make sense? Where's Robert, Robbie, Rob? Where's the R? Can I get the mic to you guys over here? The four of you all together? The three of you? Okay. Robert? My father. Past? Yes. Okay. Cancer? No. Where's the bone issue? There's two. There's my grandfather and his mom. Somebody had something that affected their bone. His mom. She had bone cancer. So your mom had the bone cancer? Yes. Okay, and passed from that? Yes. 
she's making me feel like when she passes, she passes either around or on a governmental holiday um, or something that would be celebratory, but for the country. Um, my, f my father. Um, I'm seeing the American flag. So yeah, when I see the flag, yeah, when I, when I see that, it lets me know that we're talking about like either July September 11th. Yeah, it's July 4th, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Did he pass in the September 11th? Yes, he's okay. a fireman. Your dad is Robert. We, we already yes. addressed that. Mm -hmm. Are you the baby girl of the family? I'm the only the girl. Oldest girl. <laughs> okay. He's making me feel like you're the baby girl. Like that's how it's coming across to me. Hi, I'm Janet Varney. And just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years, like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time when I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you two can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We have... <sighs> So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.